dude, this is over. This is intervention time for you. Okay. It it is, it is like, it is like 1495 a month. And then, and then you get this junk email where I, I got one today where I, I could buy my choice of three different flying dragons. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, dude. Please. December 5th, 2012, episode number 35 of Yats. It's yet another tech show every week, yetanothertechshow.com. That's our website, slash live. That's where you can watch it live. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, we got the whole crew back again. What's up, Aunt Pruitt? What's going on, Mr. Matt Lee? We got Larry Press. How you doing, Larry? Very well. Evening, gents. We got Mike Rothman back from his leave. How you doing, Mike? Great. Everything is really fantastic here in... Now we're into December. Still loving the One X and Windows 8? I'll tell you, you know, Android has come into my life recently as the new love. Isn't it great? (laughs) Yeah, it it really is great. And Windows is looking more and more shabby by comparison. But yeah, I'm still loving Windows Pretty soon, you might be pulling a Jeff Jarvis pretty soon and living in your Chromebook and your Android tablet slash phone. And that's it. You know, you got to admit that Android tablet, uh, Chromebook, $200, $250, it is a mighty compelling proposition. If and I still it, had a computer business, this is what I would recommend to every customer I ever had that uses their computer for email and for little web games because yeah. their laptop sits as a desktop and it never moves. It always has connectivity. It would be perfect. Security okay. updated always. The browser's updated. I mean... You wouldn't the have much to fix. Is really good. You've got Google Docs in there. Yep. You've got the best mapping application in the whole wide world. You, I, you know. I, I got to agree with you, Matt, because, uh, you know, you listen to geeks and they talk about that device and they're saying, oh, it, it's, you know, it's crap as far as some of the specs on it with hardware or whatever, but. If you give that to your average Joe Schmo that's just going to Facebook all day, Man, they're going to be just fine. No bugs, no malware. Even, I mean, the majority of what I do other than the audio recording and editing, like all of this other stuff could be done on that. It's not real super processor intensive. All of my rhyme writing for the albums is Google Docs. I mean, like everything can be done in that atmosphere. I would take one in a minute. Yeah, for sure. I I would too. I would take one to the Pruitt. Pruitt Foundation here at Chateau Ghetto. I think Mike and one. Mike and Larry were going to take you and me to Google I.O. this year in May oh, or next year. Okay. That I can that. That's what I heard. And then we'll, get, all Google a, a then we'll all get free Chromebooks and Google Glass. I mean, come on. Oh, man. Could you imagine? All right, uh, Mike, while you were gone last week, we had an interesting kind of teaser story from a gentleman that works at NASA or on the – uh, Mars rover research team. He f- he said the thing he said was, and this 
in hindsight, turned out to be a huge overstatement, as uh, Ant speculated. But he said, we found something, and this is going to be one for the record books, for the history books. I'm paraphrasing, but he, that's, that was the gist of what he said. Uh, so then they come out after our show. It was, I think, what, yesterday or the day before they did their, their press release? Monday. Monday? Yep. And uh, all the... Never mind. Yeah, kind of, pretty much, <laughs> never mind. What, what was the... What was in the What they release? found was these organic compounds but they're not sure if it came from earth <laughs> or if it came from an asteroid or they just basically found these organic traces in these soil samples that they took but and and everything NASA said that you know the the statement before was overstated it wasn't and i mean it's cool to see the people excited for what they're doing, but you shouldn't be releasing press releases saying we got something for the record books because how many times can you really cry wolf before the people are like, yeah, right life. Ah, uh-huh, we get it. <laughs> I'm so done with the Mars Rover. No, don't be. No, it's, it just got there. Come on. It just I'm got so there. I'm so done with it until I see Megatron or, or, or <laughs> Dark Side or of the Moon. Prime show up. I, 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 I really don't care, man. Show me something uh, moving. And not because of wind blowing either. You're going to see Virgin <laughs> Galactic tourists flying by before you see any of that other stuff. Let's, <laughs> let's be honest. But Come so, on, Ant. You know you want to take a tourist trip to Mars, don't you, man? I want to be. Take, I will take it as long as they got poker tables there and PlayStation and and some grub. But right now, uh-huh. it's just the Red Planet Desert or whatever. If I wasn't such it, a man. carnivore only, I would totally put my name in the hat for that Mars One mission. But they said like you got to be vegan and stuff because you're gonna grow all your food. I can't eat that crap come on aren't, aren't they trying to get there like in the 20s yeah yeah they're going this guy seems to think he can finance i mean we've talked about this on the show before i think but he's gonna finance it he got hooked up with the guy that created big brother in the uk and he's like you can finance this by making it the world's biggest reality show so i mean people would watch that you're watching these I mean, people I think, I think even even without i think even nasa has plans to get there in the 20s mm, no i don't know about nasa but yeah. this mars I, one I, mission I the other day not at 2030 but it was in the 20 2030 no what that was is they want to send another rover they're doing no, curiosity no, 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 no. the rovers are a dime a dozen well that no, that's no, what no, i read no, is that they no, want to make nasa is on track to put a man up a manned mission in the late in sometime in the twenty thirty. Okay, because the Mars One thing is like twenty seventeen, I think, and then every two years they send four more people, but it's one way. Like you're going there to colonize, yeah. and yeah. you're never coming back. <laughs> but would you really so do it? I would do it in a heartbeat for sure. But like I said, I'm not. If I can take cows with me or something to eat, I want to have to eat the other settlers. That would be no good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would frown on that. I know. I mean, if, if you're giving me a choice between like lettuce and celery or these other people, I mean, sorry guys, but uh, so the SAM, the sample analysis at Mars, that's the instrument capable of finding organic or carbon-containing material in Martian soil or rock samples. Uh, the rover scientists discussing SAM's finds at the American Geophysical Union meeting in Frisco yesterday said they had no definitive evidence for organics on Mars. Simple organic compounds called chloromethanes were produced in small amounts when SAM heated soil taken from a sandy area called Rock Nest. 
They said if the carbon is from Mars, it might have come from minerals such as magnesium carbonate or organic compounds that fell to the planet on meteorites or just maybe formed there by life, but probably not by life. (laughs) So... Uh, we'll put links to these on yet another texture.com for the show notes. There was a NASA press release about it. And then another article on the HuffPo that had a video that was pretty, uh, informative. So, uh, any final thoughts on that? I just thought we should update and let everyone know there was no squid life. Thanks for nothing. Thanks. It's not nothing. (laughs) It just got there. See, that's, you guys ruined it. That guy ruined it. It just got there. Like literally. Come on. I mean, he, he act like they were going to fire him from the job. I mean, come <laughs> on. You, he's way kinda... dealing with all of this stuff in Mars. They're not going to just cut him loose. Yeah. More than that involved. All right. Uh, Aunt, you're into gaming. A little interesting gaming news. The Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Have you played that? Is that your jam? I haven't played it yet. I've been debating. I, I almost got it last weekend, and the only reason I'm – not diving into it is because I'm still enjoying Modern Warfare 3, the previous game. Um, but I'm, I, I am intrigued. <laughs> so you're not part of the group of people that all went out and bought it and helped it reach $1 billion in sales faster than the movie Avatar. And Avatar made some bank. 17 days it took Avatar back in 09 to hit a $1 billion. You know, that I don't really buy into those numbers because these games are $60 a pop, bro. Right, yeah, that's a good point. You know, the, the movies, don't get me wrong, the movie theaters are expensive. Yeah, 3D? You see it, no more. You see that in 3D? <laughs> that's expensive, right? You yeah, may drop you 60 bucks by the time you get you, your girl, and your kid in there. You know? You know? And the, that's, and, that's a lot of money going into the cinema days. But yeah, when they compare movies to games, it, it's it's a completely different system yeah. i feel like the but cheaper per hour if you look at it entertainment wise like they're both forms of entertainment regardless of the price difference this one spanked the other one <laughs> so right. I, but yeah the numbers are but per hour it's way cheaper than than a movie true well, of because you get what 60 plus hours of gameplay and then whatever you play online on top of that i mean you get way more yeah, yeah. Content. I I played the the campaign on my Modern Warfare, and you know it didn't take me hardly any time to get through that game. But it's the online stuff, playing with other people, that has me intrigued, and and I can't really give it up because typically I just trade it in for the new version each year. Right. But I'm like, man, I don't even want to do that. I want to keep it, you know. And and it's just it's a good good product. And they say that the life-to-date sales for the Call of Duty franchise have exceeded worldwide theatrical box office receipts for Harry Potter, Star Wars, uh, or Harry Potter and Star Wars, two of the most successful movie franchises of all time. So that's kind of interesting, I guess. Well, they still have those older games out there. They still have Modern Warfare 2. They still have um, uh, World at War and the ones before that and all of those are still pretty good games the graphics aren't as great but they're still pretty damn pretty damn good um and now they're selling them you know roughly twenty dollars on some of them thirty dollars for modern warfare 2 so would you say there's more resale quality value in games than there is in movies like your dvds go to the pawn shop for like five bucks a five you know if that you're not going to find these things in the bin at walmart for five dollars right right 
I mean, because they they can put them out there for twenty bucks, and people will buy it. But are you necessarily seeing movies like Avatar, Harry Potter in those five dollar bins either? Because I don't think those are quite there yet either. No, I don't give know. it to, give it to the second quarter of twenty thirteen. They'll be there sure. next. Hey, you know, on that subject, <clears throat> it's not quite the same thing. But on uh, Black Friday, I was uh, prowling around on Groupon and found a a deal on World of Warcraft where I think I paid $5 for one month's membership and I don't know, there was something else. But included included in the package that was sent to me was this, which are uh, 10-day free guest passes. Mm -hmm. So the first two people that contact me wanting a 10-day free guest pass Oh, wow. You know what For this wow. reminds me of? Yours. You know what this reminds me of? The cocaine dealer. Your first one's free. Here's a couple yeah. guest passes for your friends. Yeah. Now you cut like yeah. Mike is going to be the next person on Yats to go to rehab. I'm just saying. <laughs> you if you get hooked on wow Dude, this is over. This is intervention time for you, okay? It, it is it is like it is like 14.95 a month. And then and then you get this junk email where I, I got one today where I, I could buy my choice of three different flying dragons. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, dude. That you know. know what? Like 18 Asians in gold farms were yeah. like yeah. painstakingly clicking that left mouse click button and farming gold all night to get. Exactly. I've lost yeah. friends to that game. Like they started playing, and you never see. It's like they got married and had kids. You just never see them ever again. again. It's so yeah. weird. <laughs> don't be that guy, Mike. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, don't be that guy. Okay. Don't, okay. All right. Don't be that. I guy. have been warned. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about this real quick. Last, I think it was last week or the week before. Uh, Larry, I think you brought up Dish Network getting some mobile phone spectrum or whatever. I didn't know Dish Network owned Blockbuster. Do you guys remember? Hold on. First of all, does anybody remember Blockbuster? Yeah. Yeah. We used to rent video games. Sounds familiar. Used to rent Super Nintendo games there back in the day. Used to rent video tape. VHS, right? I remember that vaguely. I remember that. Anyway, so Dish Network is going to utilize Blockbuster and start selling mobile phones in these movie rental stores as a test for Dish's plan entry into the wireless business. That's it's according to two people with knowledge of the matter. So if if they don't, you know, don't don't come hollering at us. Uh, they recently, Blockbuster, started selling phones on its website under the banner of Blockbuster Mobile. And they work with carriers like Verizon, Sprint, Nextel, T-Mobile. Uh, the effort will soon shift to their 850 retail locations. Uh, so, I don't know. Is that is that the right play for, I don't know, like, are, can you turn Blockbuster into a Verizon wireless kiosk? <laughs> like, that's what I you're doing. Just, it's just like like Blockbuster's last desperate attempt to be relevant somehow. The next thing we'll hear is that they're using Blackberries or something, you know, yeah, like yeah. something oh, ridiculous gosh. like that. Gosh. Last Get- time I was in a Blockbuster was probably four or five years ago, and they, they, had the, they had the aisles lined with 
you know, popcorn and candy. It was a happening place. Now they're like that South Park episode where Stan's dad buys a blockbuster and it's the creepy haunted. Like, did you guys see that? It's totally (laughs) kids walking by and him in the window, like come rent videos. (laughs) So funny. So bad. But the ones here, they all turn into rent-a-centers. The the yeah, actual brick and mortar shops. We had two here. They closed, and there's a rent center in one, and I think a casino in the other. The world awesome. is going to streaming. Have, hasn't Blockbuster heard? They did that, though. They, they were just too... Package at one time, but they also they? tried to copy the Netflix thing with sending you DVDs, so you didn't have to come to the store, but you could... Their thing was you could drop them off at the store instead of mailing them back, I remember. But... If I remember right, it was after everyone was like, ooh, what's this Netflix thing? And already started paying for Netflix. So you're not going to pay for two services. But Blockbuster, if they would have got it right early on, I think they would have had an advantage because they already had deals with all these companies. They could have got you new releases way before they would hit Netflix. But they didn't – I don't think they – they didn't market it right, or I, I don't know. They they tried to put too much worth into their brick and mortar and not enough into the online. They they were the market leader. They were the roll-off that that whole industry rolled up into, and then they got yep. disrupted by Netflix, and they've been, you know, Netflix passed them and has never looked back. Because you saw them last the longest. We had Premiere Videos, uh, Flathead Videos, where, Video Warehouse, like even the big chains Hollywood. in California – they, Hollywood, I remember Hollywood, Hollywood video, yeah, remember that? Like they're all gone. They they all dissolved into five blockbusters. <laughs> Hollywood used to be right across the street from my blockbuster video. Do you remember yeah. when gas stations had video rental things inside of them? I don't know. That was a thing here for a while. They had like a video store, but just a little one. And even the grocery stores had little video stores you could get games and and movies in. But those I all went away. That. Now it's a, it got replaced it, with a red box now. So what what do they do in a blockbuster store now? It sounds like they're getting ready to start having cell phones. They're going right? to sell cell phones. Uh, it says Dish has planned on using blockbuster stores to sell phones since buying the chain in April of 2011. So Dish bought Blockbuster in April last year. I didn't know that. Uh Chairman Kof just to get the stores. Just to get the properties? Like does that make sense? I guess if you're going to open up but if you're going to if you think of it this way, if you're going to open up stores to com- what are you competing with Verizon and AT&T Sprint stores or are you working well, with speculation them? speculation that they may do that. But and that they're also, also speculation working speculation that they may partner with Google on it. And there's that also be... speculation that they may just sell the spectrum to somebody else. Right. Well, now Google as far as having mobile space, they confirmed either yesterday or today that their little aspirations for being a mobile carrier was axed. I want to say that was the direct quote, axed. So when Dish got Blockbuster, they closed about half of the 1,700 stores. Uh, when, when they, so they bought the company out of bankruptcy. So that's Blockbuster was pretty much done. Uh, they had about 9,000 locations back in 2004 when Viacom owned it. So I don't know. Is this... It, it depends, I guess, what they turn this into, you know? You could turn it into something kind of cool where people go and play with all the new devices, but if you're... if you're Because you're working with all the carriers, so you could have all the devices, not just a Verizon store that has Motorola H... You know, you could get everything in there, but I, I don't see them doing that kind of stuff. 
I, I, I don't yeah. know why. It, it just don't make sense. For them. I think Mike is right about the last ditch effort to do something with this thing they bought, thinking they could keep up with Netflix or something. I don't, I don't know what they were thinking. They should have bought Rim. <laughs> they need to keep up with freaking Direct TV or somebody. Yeah, right. Or if they could do some sort of capability where Dish makes it so that if you're a Dish customer and you have their phone, all of your live TV content from Dish goes to your phone. That would be kind of compelling, especially for, you know. I can see that. They could do it. Will they? Probably I, I, not. I, I was looking at a, a Lifehacker article recently about <clears throat> how to, uh, how to uh, affordably be able to change your phone every few months. And, and basically what they're recommending is you, you don't sign up for a plan. You buy an unlocked phone, and you use it on a low-cost plan, yeah. and uh, you, keep the, you keep the box, you keep the original packing material, use the phone for a few months. You sell it for the best you can get it for, uh, get it for it on, you know, on Giselle or one of those services, and, and move on. And I'll tell you, it would really please me not to have to pay another one of these high-priced subscription fees to the phone carriers again. You know, just like I want to cut the cable cord, yeah. I want to cut the wireless cord. Yeah, I agree with you on that. They, they are, the problem they are. is a lot of the phones that you want that are quote-unquote affordable, they're horrible. You know, I mean, you, the, the phones that you would really want are the $500 phones to get unlocked, you know, oh, yeah. Nexus yeah. and stuff like that. But if you can go out and spend 200 bucks on a phone, it's probably going to be a pretty crappy phone. Yeah, I, that's that is the deal. You're gonna have but, the first time you buy it, you're gonna have to pay five hundred bucks. What about you sell it a few months later for four hundred dollars or four twenty five? Yeah, you've done all right. What yeah. about phones like the Nexus Four though? That came unlocked for as much as we got these when they first came out, the Galaxy Nexus, on a two year contract. This thing was three hundred bucks at you know when it first came out. This unlocked yeah. Nexus Four. It's not LTE grand, and that was. We talked about that on AOTA last night. That was our biggest beef. If you're on Verizon, is not having that LTE because that once you're on it to lose it, that sucks. But yeah. the phone unlocked was like what three under three fifty dollars. Yeah, that's for a Nexus for the brand new Nexus. In in your lower fees, unlocked for a brand new Nexus device. How much are you going to save per month on your on your monthly phone bill? Yeah, exactly. How long does it take you to make back the three or even five hundred? Yeah. Yep. And we also that that kind of goes with this other interesting thing we mentioned last night that the the Times in UK was giving out Nexus Seven devices subsidized with a subscription to the paper, and we were wondering if we would start seeing more of that happen. These these cheap tablets, even cheaper through subsidization of you know some sort of online carrier of of some sort of news. But kind of interesting. Uh, let's talk about this real quick. We, you guys know the John McAfee thing? He's been on yes. on the land. Okay, this just came out in Reuters today that Guatemala has detained him and is about to expel him to Belize. So if his fears are correct, he'll be dead by morning because he thinks oh the gosh. Belizeans want him. The cops are just going to kill him. Uh, it says Guatemalan police arrested U.S. software guru John McAfee. Well, 
we say guru. Does anybody actually like McAfee antivirus? Because that, that would be it's no. kind of a pile, if you ask me. It's that pile you uncheck the box when you do a Java update. That's so <laughs> annoying. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Uh, I definitely, I definitely agree. But you know, here's a, here's a case of a man who at one time he I was think, right. was brilliant. He yeah, right, uh, absolutely. But, but but has gone over some sort of deep end. Generally, started losing his mind throughout uh, his days. Yeah. Yeah, his yeah. blog is pretty pretty out there. We mentioned it before that who is was it who is johnmcafee.com or who is mcafee.com something yeah, like that. Yeah. But the stuff he was writing on there was just like his disguise like are you serious? He's yeah. going down there in front of the cops just all disguised. I don't know. Very wacky. Uh, he's got he's got serious problems his, at his, this point. His young girlfriend yeah. and and all that. But so they're saying he legally entered the country and that they're going to toss him back to Belize, which he fled after being sought for questioning over his neighbor's murder. Uh, They said he entered the country illegally and we're going to seek his expulsion for this crime. Guatemala government spokesman said McAfee would be expelled to Belize and he expected the process to be completed by early Thursday morning. There is no international arrest warrant for McAfee, but police in Belize say he is a person of interest in their murder investigation and is not a prime suspect. But he took off like he was suspect zero, you know, like he yeah. he went above and beyond. It, it was it was kind of insane to watch unfold on uh, the blogs and, and Twitter and whatnot. So just an update there. There you go. They uh Brings you back shades of OJ. Guatemala's got him. That's what it sounds like, don't it? Kind of crazy. Are they going to find a like a black glove and then? I mean, how far is this going to go? White Ford Bronco cruising down the Belizean streets, <laughs> trying to get old, to the airport to go to Switzerland. Black, <laughs> an old black compact presario or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> Does Guatemala and do Guatemala and Belize do extradition with the United States? I mean, what, not with that? the United States. Belize does not, and I don't know if Guatemala <laughs> does or doesn't. But I know Belize doesn't. But Guatemala will send him back to Belize, and he's not even wanted here. I don't think he's not wanted yet, there. He's been living there. This all went down there. Like I didn't think this had anything to do with U.S. soil. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, Larry, I think if he committed a murder in Belize. Belize is going to hang, hang on to him. And... Oh, okay, I, I misunderstood. I thought he fled to Belize. No, no, he's been living there. He has like a compound there. And my, my friend lives there now. The kid I used to do the, the hot box with, he moved there. And I asked him if he had even heard anything about this. And he said, no, nothing at all. And I assume, you know, a small island, a big story like this. But I, I guess not. But apparently this dude's just been running, running rampant in disguises, hiding out from... Who knows what? Who knows? Hey, uh, Matt, uh, a topic I wanted to just m- mention. Uh, our man, Ant Pruitt, has been doing uh, a good deal of writing on the web these days, including a piece that was uh, just published on the uh, the Dell site. Is that uh, live uh, now? Can Are we allowed to mention this? Y- yeah. It's live. Went live today. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, street, <laughs> streaming, uh, ways to stream uh, Spotify. Ant, tell us about that one. It was, um, I had originally started talking about it with uh, a new domain and, um, just using DLNA protocol. Yeah. Um, grabbed my hacked Kindle Fire tablet and set up a Spotify 
spotty moat server on my computer that actually feeds into your Spotify client and they just both talk to each other and then I had the Google TV which talks to my computer because of DLNA and it was nice man I love it I love it I love it very cool so where you can know, people I, find this at and what's what's the you can go to uh, tech page one is part of Dell's um, I guess you can call it tech news and tech discovery uh, it's with uh, a new domain Ziff Davis IDG and I want to say another source but uh, we're all going to be feeding into this website and providing just some enterprise tech and some cotton candy dessert like tech news too you know app picks and little goofy stuff like my DLNA project you know it's good stuff congrats on uh, the success it's very cool it's going to give me a weekend project I want to (laughs) <laughs> I am a big Spotify fan. It is a fantastic service. I love it, man. I yeah. love it. It, it. It's I've tried them all, and it's the best music service in my book. It's because <laughs> for me, it's because the library is so huge. Yeah, you know, there's so many songs, you know, from my childhood, and no, I'm not old, but there's so many songs from my childhood that I don't have anymore, and I could just punch it in, and bam, it's there. They can find it. You know, and, and even some obscure stuff, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and you, you, you do a search and up comes, you know, a, a playlist that Amp Pruitt put together. So you can subscribe to Amp Pruitt's playlist, the listen to the same music he's listening to. I mean, yeah, I've liked doing that too. I've, I've, I've subscribed to a few of our listeners' playlists, and it's, it's neat to see what everybody else is interested in and, and, and how they update their list. And it's pretty neat. Yeah, it's good service. Recommended. Very cool. Anyway, congratulations on uh, on making the big time at uh, uh, t- Tech Page One. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. You guys want to talk about the whole? Uh, I noticed Larry had a couple posts about when uh, Syria kind of did. I mean, we we've seen this before, right? Every time an uprising in the Middle East happens, then the dictator their last cry for help is to cut the internet and then you see a flood of tweets with dial-up access logins like oh here's some internet for you we are legion all in exactly like (laughs) i feel like i've watched this three times now and they still never learn they should just skip to that part and get to the part where their body gets paraded through the streets and the new people are put in power you, you know, I mean, steps down. maybe I'm desensitized, <laughs> but come on. Like, you guys have been doing this for how many thousands of years? Like, figure it out, please. But it is interesting that every time something like that happens, the Internet finds a way and uh, people are once again given connectivity. And it's more than just like, oh, I just ate a sandwich. It's like, wow, bombs are falling in my backyard. Here's where yeah, I'm at. There, Be careful. I saw a post. Um, I can't recall where that was speculating, they, they showed a graphic that showed planes over Syrian airspace. And the speculation was that during those days uh, that they bombed the hell out of the people. Yeah, they've been getting <laughs> shelled constantly for like the last 2,000 years. No, I don't know. And it's it, terrible. It, I mean, it's, it looks like it's, uh, it's street to street, building to building, uh, uh, fighting in Damascus, which is, you, you know, a major, major city with drum, bombs dropping on it and the whole nine yards and this madman uh, uh, is not uh, not not getting the message he's he's throwing more bombs at the problem 
He's desperate now. But he now, can we? Away. Were those bombs that the U.S. sold to him at one point in time, or is this like, is this a different? So I feel like every time something like this happens, they got all that stuff from us, and maybe, maybe just we just, should stop just selling. The U.S. manufactures nine tenths of the world's well. armament. You know, <laughs> just in case, right? You never know when you might have to quiet an uprising. <laughs> You know, even though I can write a piece on DLNA and somebody will troll me and say, you know what, just plug in a hard wire and stop using wireless, I am still glad to be over here, you know. Amen, brother. And have this freedom and, 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 and be able to do what we do for fun, you know. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine living somewhere where if you said something bad about Apple, Apple sent agents to your house and they beheaded you on YouTube? Like, I mean, that would be nuts, right? Oh, my gosh. It's and that, that happens in some of these places. I remember the first time I ever saw that. It was, I think, the Daniel Pearl. He was one of the journalists way back in the day that got caught. And that was one of the first times I ever saw something like that, that it like I watch horror movies and that that doesn't affect me at all. But I saw that and it gave me like this weird i i was like uh that's that's real like that was a guy that that these people just did that to it was intense it was the first time i ever saw something like that that was actually real and then you saw you know more of it come out and now we have play-by-play twitter feeds of bombs dropping in the iron dome it's it's insane it's definitely a question a question for larry i you know i don't i don't understand the uh the 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 network operations well enough to understand how a country turns off the internet, uh, turns off communications infrastructure. Uh, could that, you know, in your wildest imagination, could that happen in a, in North America? Could that happen in the United no, States? Well, it, it would be way harder. There's, okay, the uh, the same guys that I, the Renesis, these who, they publish a lot of these, you know, they publish, they, they track this stuff and publish the graphs. After the, after the thing, after Syria cut off, they published a world map where they showed, um, you know, color-coded. They showed the number of um, networks in each country. Like, if a, like Syria had one network in their country that had connectivity to foreign networks. Yeah. Right. If and you only have a couple, one phone call or one court order or one gun to the head, I don't know what it is. Right. But it, and but it like in the United, they the high there they broke them into four categories, and the highest category was forty or more, and the U.S. fell in that category. So you'd have to get. I mean, you know, it would be ha- it would have to be a more distributed you'd attack. Have to get a lot of people that cooperate with you in the U.S. Um, and it was cool. Well, they did it. If you go out, I'll, I'll send you a link. They did a, um, or actually there's a link in the, sh- in the, not the show notes in the rundown. There you um, go. Hey, I got it. Show notes <laughs> will be out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a link to that map. And so you see this world map of, uh, you know, color coded on countries that are easy to turn off medium, a little hard and way. Hard. So Larry, let me ask you this. What, what would it take? Say, I know the U S has, let's say more than 50 of them and places like that in the middle East have one or two. What would it take for another group to come in and set up replacement infrastructure that does connect to outside networks to get well, that going? Then again? they have to also, okay. That's what happens. Like, okay. Like if you, uh, it's like whack-a-mole like the, at that point. Syria or, like in the case of Cuba, 
the United States tries to set up little, you know, um, basically home satellite capacity ground stations. But those are very, they're just isolated. They're little drops in the bucket. Right, and you can drop bombs on those little things and they're gone, like, all day long. It's just whack-a-mole at that point. But is there a way to get... They don't even add up to squat. I mean, um... You're saying the the bandwidth... The U.S. said that they've given a a thousand kits in Syria. The U.S. tried to smuggle, uh, I don't know, maybe just one guy brought them, maybe ten little satellite ground stations into Cuba and he got caught. But, I mean, you know, that's like having 10, you know, slow, high-latency links to the Internet. It's it's nothing compared to the population of a nation. It's not like if you went in there and laid fiber and made that connection. Yeah, These are just the de- detachable, are disposable <laughs> connections, basically. Yeah, like those satellites are sort of, uh, you know, 200, uh, you know, they're, they're slow and the latency is high. They're, they're just for individual homes or businesses. And that's what I'm saying, though. What would it take for a group to go in and set up something more robust and more permanent? Like, there's no way you could do that in a, in a war no, zone. Yeah, you'd have to have, you know, an undersea cable. There, there, that's another thing. There's three undersea cables coming out of uh, out of Syria. But, you know, you'd have to have either an undersea or terrestrial high-speed cable and then connect into the national backbones. Right. It's not like here where we have all of this potential network connectivity around if you wanted to tap into it. You have to actually bring the infrastructure there, set it up, and then connect well, it. Even they've got the infrastructure, but you can't, they won't let you get near it. You know, they'll kill you instead. Like Alan Gross tried to bring in a handful of, of little home satellite stations into Cuba, and he's now in jail for 15 years. So um, all these little circumvent, or like you say, the dial-up phone numbers, I mean, the total bandwidth of all that is, is essentially it's, it's there to provide connectivity until whoever is in charge gets taken care of or whatever and re-enables the main infrastructure. Well, in, the case, in this case, and also the other one you mentioned in Egypt, they, put it, they came back online a, a day or two later. Yeah. And the question that you wonder is, why did they bother going through the exercise? One thing that happens is all the other shit, like commerce, gets really stomped on. Uh, the, the Internet's used for more than, uh, you know, a, a communication amongst people organizing protests. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. If, yeah, that's probably the, you know, that's a, an interesting question. Why did they restore it after, like, it was off for two days in Syria. I think only less than that in, in Egypt. Um, well, what, he would have just left it off? I mean, clearly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Why take it off in the first place if you're going to, that's why to I say test. You, you do it to test the waters. While they did an intense population bombing. Well, one thing I heard was that uh, Syrians were finding workarounds through uh, networks made available that you could reach from Jordan. That is, Jordanian networks could be reached from inside Syria. And so the blackout was proving to be ineffective. But what's the, what sort of a link do you have to Jordan? I mean, if it's a dial-up telephone link, then it's, you know, it, you, you need uh, to serve a population, you need major bandwidth. Well, yeah. I, think the implication, I think the implication was that people could People were using that to upload videos. It was something to be used okay. for the time being yeah, to get tweets out, to get, out of video to get information. Yeah. They were yeah. getting information out. 
and that yeah, was so enough. You had a trickle of information, but this is what's going on. Right, it's nothing you're going to sustain the the population right. on, on it for any amount of time. Oh, but to that, get a tweet out here and there, help us. Or even dial up is an is an effective thing. Um, it serves its purpose, though I think it does the trick, and it shows that yeah, you can't yeah. fully disconnect yourself. You know uh, that way, at least. I mean, I'm sure there are ways to fully disconnect yourself, like dropping. Yeah, a you know, it, it would be or... interesting following what the kind of stuff Mike's saying to you know see what turned up on YouTube during those two days that came out of Syria, hmm. and what turned up in in uh, well YouTube primarily. That's that's the biggest outlet for that stuff. Yeah, and I have no idea. That's an interesting question. Yeah, All right. It'd well, be, be interesting to do a, a scatterram or or a bar chart or something that shows before, during the blackout, and after. Oh uh, yeah, not of connectivity, but of YouTube uploads. Content. Uploads, yeah, yeah. You know, minutes of YouTube video uploads. Or something. Yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. You know, the guy that knows about this stuff would be. I wish we were. I wish you were in this handout. Is Andy Garvin? Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah. Think he wants to do a guest spot? Will you reach out to him, Ant, and see if we can get Andy Carvin on the show? That'd be awesome. Thanks. I'm on it. I'm on, on it. it. All right, Larry. <laughs> what happened with WiMAX? You you had a piece here on oh, Google Plus about WiMAX. That's just... kind of that's kind of. I saw you having the show notes on after when anything's duh. That's another duh. I mean, I think WiMAX has been toast for a while, but. Uh, <laughs> The so, thing is, um, there, I just put up a plot that shows how, um, you know, that just sort of says WiMAX has a stake through it. Sorry. Um, do you want to real is, quick, if if people don't know what WiMAX is, just quickly, it's it's basically what Sprint's version of LTE or I don't know. It was, it was okay. WiMAX, geez, I think WiMAX must have popped up about ten years ago. It's been kicking around for a long time. It was a standard that was going to be. You know, hope to be 4G cellular. And okay. They had both a point-to-point and a point-to-multipoint in a mobile version. They had three versions of WiMAX, and the mobile was was supposed to become 4G. And the thing that, that was kind of notable, Intel got way behind it. Intel was saying, "This is the future. All our laptops are going to have uh, WiMAX radios in them." Uh, That's odd because I've never heard of it. <laughs> Really? You never heard of WiMAX? No, I've I've heard of it. I've never like seen it in the wild or anything. Well, that's not up here point. at least. Yeah. That's the problem. That's the point. And and Sprint and what what's that uh well, they had a presence guy, on the uh, up in Seattle, Clearwire Clear Yeah, Clearwire right. uh, Clear is it? You're right. Guy from Seattle this mm-hmm. But anyhow, they they did roll it out, so it rolled out some. But LTE just ate its lunch, and now Sprint said they're going to go to LTE. Uh, so I think WiMAX is... Why is, was that, though? Was it because of the technology, or was LTE just that much faster? Or what, what made it so much more preferable? That I couldn't tell you. Huh. I could, well, they, okay, when L, LTE, high-speed LTE has, has certainly a higher... You know, they talk about 100 bits per second. I, uh, I've topped mine out at, like, 38 here yeah. I can hit 38 megabits on LTE here on a full full signal. What's WiMAX's max? Is it not near that or? It's not a hundred. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of line because WiMAX yeah. just kind of disappeared from consideration. I don't know, several years ago. 
But there were still companies clinging on to it, it sounds like, until yeah, Sprint, until right now. Yeah, was the biggest one. But Sprint, I see. Sprint back off. Sprint's gone to LTE. Um, Sprint made his real push about four or five years ago for it. You know, they tried to make it more prevalent. Like I said, they, 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 they had a presence here on the East Coast for a little while. Did they? All yep. right. Yeah, the thing that also struck me about that was it reminded me of Token Ring. Like Intel, it seemed like Intel thought they were big enough to make it happen. And just like IBM thought they were big enough to make Token Ring happen. So, you know, part of the answer might be things like that. Though both broke, um, you know, industry control kind of, you know, strategy kind of stuff. Um, I don't, I, I better not speak further. All I know is that WiMAX has been, you know, lost a long time ago. And, and it's... The Did you ever use it, Ant? No, I never use it. When it was popular, I was still a, a, a customer of Sprint at the time, and I didn't have the, the phone that was capable of using it and whatnot. But I remember that was, <clears throat> excuse me, I remember that being mentioned to me by a more uh, apt representative as well as Computer World, that, that um, magazine and blog. They spent a lot of time um, reporting and researching about WiMAX. I believe it was yeah. computer world. Well, maybe it was compelling at first to have an alternative, but then it just didn't end up working out. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it was the forerunner. It was, it was, you know, Intel was pushing it, and people were saying it was going to happen. And um, before you started hearing about LTE at all, and maybe it has to do with preferences of manufacturers, you know, wanting not to let Intel be in such a strong position. There may have been strategic, that kind of business strategic stuff. Uh, involved, but LTE certainly won out. You know, it strikes me as another Sony Betamax story. The information right. superhighway is is littered with the carcass of of standards initiatives that have have failed. Fell beyond the way. Market or yeah. failed for other reasons. And that's just bound to continue to happen, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, we keep seeing. I mean, Blu-ray, HD, DVDs. Like we we see it. Risk, we see it all know. over the place. So, all right. Uh, yeah. Let's see. We you had an interesting post about the annals of sleazy marketing. Network Solutions <laughs> moves into second place. What we all love, Network Solutions, <laughs> right? Say, say that again. The say an, that again, man. The annals of sleazy marketing. Network uh. Solutions moves. What? What? Annals. An- annals. Annals. <laughs> What is that? Of sleazy marketing. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, be sure to, be sure to beep yourself out here when you do the editing. <laughs> yeah. What are you? I don't even, Actually, if I had thought of it, I would have called it the I, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> there goes our. There goes our G rating. Yeah, it's not the anals, it's the annals. You know, well, I've only ever seen that word typed. I've never heard it pronounced, so you can bite my anals. Way different. Okay. Anyway, uh, Network Solutions is where we have all used to go to buy our domain names back in the day, was it not? NetSoul, Network Solutions, do your little who is lookup and and whatnot. So why are they. Sleazy well, I, all I did was I just uh, posted an anecdote of my experience with Network Solutions. Um, I had a domain, and it was LarryPress.net or something, which I never used. But I'm just squatting on it, and they renewed it. 
and I checked, uh, Bank of America said, hey, somebody just made a credit card charge. You know how much they charged me? $37.99. Those SOBs, for what? Now you're right. They are really anal people. But for what? (laughs) Did you purchase the extra identity theft protection package? I didn't purchase any of the extra goodies. What are they charging you for? Domain names are 10 bucks a year. Come on. $5 in some cases. Well, where are you buying your domain? Shit. Okay, but then that was was outrageous. But then comes the most bizarre, well, second most bizarre conversation I've ever had with a vendor. (laughs) I call them up and I say, okay, $37.99 is ridiculous. Let's just cancel it. And they say, oh, wait a minute. We really don't want to lose you as a customer. We love you. How about, uh, how much of other vendors, how much of other registrars ask? And I just kind of hedged around and says, well, I'll tell you, I'll let you have it for nine ninety five or nine seventy five or something like that. Holy shit. So the moral of the story is, children, never always call them up and ask them. But then they put me through, and then I said, okay, cool. Uh, I'll take it for another year. I'm just too busy to deal with looking for another registrar. And then uh, she said, oh, okay, but I can't refund your credit card. I have to transfer you to another person. Of course. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they are annals. And then you get to the other person, and she says, oh, great, I'm the person that, that takes the issues credit card credit. I'll issue the credit. It'll take a few days. And then I said to her, okay, lady, uh, by the way, I don't want this to automatically renew. I don't want any more $37. You don't want to do this next year around the same I don't time? Do this next year. And she says to me, well, okay, I can help, I can help you with that. And well, that would be helpful. Your secret questions. And then I answered my secret questions. Where did you go to grade school? What was your sixth grade school? And, oh, the answers to two of the questions were the same, so she can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to log on and do it and log on, answer the questions, and then get back to her. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Once I've logged on and answered the damn questions, can I just undo a checkbox and turn it off? No, 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 no. You can only turn off it by calling us. You know whose fault that is? Matt, the people, at that whole Matt Honan thing, and Amazon and Apple, and now nobody, they're all afraid to, like, do anything because they don't want to get the next story written about them. Oh, the bottom true. line is it took me 38 minutes to get rid of that deal. I'm 38 <laughs> minutes on the phone. Which it which swept them into second place behind Verizon in my animal in my annals of, of <laughs> bad marketing. I'm not even editing any of this out, so enjoy. <laughs> the, uh, you know what? That's the title of the show too. So there, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. How many ends are you gonna put in? Just animals? just two, <laughs> just two. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna oh, spell man, Larry, it. Look, all I can say, Larry, is you deserved better. Yeah, it was funny. You know, my daughter, when her first job ever was selling nuts and candy at a, at a store in a mall, and they used to always tell her, 
when the customer wants, I don't know, four ounces, I always put in an extra half ounce. They never ask to take it out. I mean, it's just, <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. They do oh, that, that at the deli, crazy. too. They're like, you, I want a pound of this nice they, Black Forest honey-cured ham. They're like, oh, is two pounds okay? Well, since you already got yeah. it in there, is I guess. Been, oh, it's a little bit too little. Is that okay? Yeah, no uh, more. And then it's like, all right, forget it. I'll take the whole pig. <laughs> it's cool. Shit. What a bunch of... Larry, did they try to sell you a dial-up service, too? <laughs> <laughs> But you're right. You know, they have GoDaddy does that too. They have four. You get a domain, and there's 14 other things you can get. So I don't use any of that. I've I've been with. I used to go with this guy that bought this one, two, three domains thing. He had a gig where he was buying and reselling them. So I was with him for a while, and then he stopped doing it. So he handed me off to the main company, which is now Enom Central, I think. And I've just been with them ever since, so that's where I get them. But Hover is always a good one when I recommend domains for people because it's easy and you just go there and get it. It's cheap and and you're done. I haven't messed with Netsol since the old MindOrgy days. I used to run EN site way back when, when I made it in front page. <laughs> Do you remember front web designing page. in front ah. page? The original front page. Oh, man, it was slick. I was like, I know Word. This is awesome. This is like Word. I can do website. I started making websites for everybody. They were the worst. You were fancy, man. <laughs> I know. I made bank off of little to no knowledge whatsoever. I'm pretty good at that, actually. Geo Cities didn't know what to do with you, did they? No, not at all. <laughs> I was just selling them here. I was doing the the Squarespace thing, but with GeoCities. Here's your password. <laughs> Pay me. Oh yeah, you can only have two pages too. By the way, all right. Uh, before we get out of here, I went through a fun little experience over the weekend. We can maybe talk about to kind of wrap the the show up. You guys are all familiar with the Google Play Store, your one stop shop for Android, and not even Android. I mean, you can get movies and and do all of that on the web through your yep. browser. Uh, one of the things they do is have music in there. And when Google first announced this, it kind of caught my interest as a, a fledgling hip-hop artist selling or giving away music, that when they first announced Google Music, they mentioned that there would be an artist hub that you individually or as a label could go onto and either give away or sell your music in the Play Store. And they would pick artists from that and do featured artists and recommend things and this and that. So... I forgot about that for a long time. And then my two albums finished and released. And I was like, hey, I should see if that works. So I went through the whole process. And from start to finish, it takes about two to three days by the time all of the verifications and and whatnot are done. But it was, you pay $25, a flat rate, and you can upload as much music as you want. It has to be yours. You have to have the rights to it. And then you can set a price. Google takes 30%, you get 70%, and that's it. No yearly thing, no monthly thing, none of that. Um, Simple. You need the waves or the flax of them, no MP3s. They want the quality nice. Uh, they review everything, your page, and then any albums you have. So I did everything at once. I, I paid the $25, and then I set up everything and the two albums I put up there so that by the time my page got reviewed, the two albums will have been, and everything went live at once. And it worked really well. Had the two albums up there, you can set it to be free or a price, and then uh, it's in the Play Store. So you guys can find Escape Goats and the Blame EP on there. It's pretty awesome. And how was the experience on the other side of it? I've never, I've only bought a couple things from there, not really music. 
Like I've you guys were sharing music. it. You guys were sharing it on Google Plus. It was everywhere for a minute. I was like, whoa, people are listening. I, That's awesome. I, I love it, man. I mean, I've been buying music on there as well as other sources. You know, I'll buy from Amazon as well. But what I like about uh, the Google Play Store is I can go in and preview an album and then I can share it out and it'll play just that preview snippet of it for something that I, that I like this to my circles or whatnot. And then if I purchase it, it allows me to share it, but it'll let me let them hear the whole song. You get one free play of it. And as an artist, you can set that. You can say two free plays or zero free plays or whatever. I, I just left it whatever the default was just because you know, the album's free on other places if you really know where to look. But Right, and I, see, and that's the thing. You, you guys, we've talked about this before. You and I, we, we got our pirate jeans and it's our part-time prior you know i'll download some stuff but yet i will go back and buy a blu-ray disc i will go back and buy uh, an an mp3 album or whatever or i'll make free content to give back you know hey it works out it all works out and i know where your free content is and i've listened to it and i said okay i've heard this enough i like it i need to go buy this but after that, what I enjoyed was I could share it. And tonight I was able to see just an organic Did you see that? Growth. That was so cool to, to my, watch. My little Google Plus stream just blew up with people just digging on Matt Lee's That was album. so fucking just, It was great. did this? Man, yeah. That cooler one. You know, it, it, was it was interesting to see. And I, I did a little experiment of my own because we always heard about Louis C.K., said i'm gonna do this on my own and he sold his stuff for five bucks a pop and i always thought that's great we see it with leo laporte on twit but it does that work for everybody or i always thought you needed a built-in audience so on the google play page i made everything for sale you couldn't you couldn't get it for free i didn't mention on google play that you can get it for free on my site or on soundcloud now, I right. also, on my free site, I did not mention that you could buy it on Google Play. So I kept them both separate other than the people that listen to all the shows we do. They know, obviously, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. They, you guys don't count. You've been listening to these since before it was out. So, uh, And it was interesting to see the people that just donated money through PayPal because that was an option there after they downloaded everything for free. They were like, I like this. Here's $20. Here's $10. Here's $5. Compared to the people on Google Play that were like, I found this, this is cool, and I bought it because they didn't necessarily know. But if you do a Google search, you could easily find it. But it, right up. it's nothing like what Louis C.K. did. Uh, and obviously, I don't have a million followers. You know, I have maybe a couple hundred just from all of these different shows and, and everything. But it you're not making a living out of it. I'm not quitting my day job because I have two albums out that Google's taking 30% of and I'm making 70% of just because I put my music on the internet. So you do have to have, and that, that was something that people didn't really mention is that look, you can, you can do all this on the internet and it's great. And we're all making money. It's like, well, no, only the people that were making money before and had large followings are making money. The rest of us are still starving artists, you know. Yeah, there's still you still have your little bit of overhead that Yeah, I'm still make. making hundred dollar a month payments for this thing. You know, it costs money to produce a proper thing. I mean I could go get free crap off of SoundCloud all day and make music to that, but that's no fun. This I was mean, like I, I we like produced the way this, you know. Does it, you know, because it, it and another thing 
I listen to my cloud player um, from time to time. If I'm not listening to Spotify, I listen to my cloud music That's over the web. all I use is on the browser or on my phone. Yeah, and yeah on my, the browser. And it has that Google one music. section of free music that or yeah. shared music that has come in to you. And and it's it's neat to see what other people have shared to me that I sort of forgot about or didn't yeah. see or what have. There's you. always like 99 plus tracks in there just waiting yeah. for your a uh, ton of stuff. People were discover. like, okay, I got this in Google Play. Let me share this to my circles. And I happen to be in that circle, and I discovered a new track. You know, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. But it's it's nice. It's it's quite nice. I love it. I also enjoyed their algorithms recommendation settings because it was it was the first night this went live it was so off it was like if you like this similar artists it was like Pink Floyd and <laughs> and Eminem it said Pink Floyd Eminem and Little Wayne and I was like well Little I Wayne. guess no so and now it's it's getting it it's not really getting better now. It's Eminem, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, and Drake. So I, I'd almost <laughs> rather be associated with Pink Floyd than Drake, but whatever. And Lil hey, my, Wayne. My, my hat's off to you, man. It's great yeah, that you're cool. making music. Keep, yeah. keep keep the creative juices flowing. Yeah, it's fun. And it was it was an interesting thing to see. Like you you anybody could just make something and put it up and like have a proper Google Play page that looks like maybe a label setup or whatever. You would know just some jerk off in his basement made this, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of cool. So check that stuff out. It's all up there. It's and if yeah, you, it's totally neat, man. You gotta check it. Yeah, yeah. It's rap music. It's awesome though. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. I need to go get dinner. Uh, anything else we wanted to get to? I think we covered about everything. I think we should look at the Microsoft issue. Okay, yeah, mention that real quick. That's that is kind of interesting. You know, Larry shared with us earlier today um, a, a link from Business Insider. Was it Business Insider, Larry? Yeah, I believe so. Where Microsoft is doing a, a price hike on their serv- on their product software products, basically adding an additional license, <laughs> whether it's for a user or whether it's for a particular device, and with today's bring your own device that can cost some companies a whole lot of money. You know, people bringing in their iPads to work with the network and people bringing in their Androids to work with the network, but even they're charging even for, for windows phone devices as well. You know? That's what surprises me. I, I would think that, that they're going to do deals where they say, well, we're going to charge you. So, you know, by the device rather than by the, you know, uh, machine uh, by the device, and then say, but if it's Windows Phone device, we'll give you a break. I, yeah, we'll give you a break. They're like, nope, we want it. <laughs> but that may be that may be the next shoe to drop. But yeah, that I agree. That's the first thing that pops in your mind. It, I don't think it's going to affect you know me personally and and my company um, because of how we roll. We we do a lot of custom applications and a lot of stuff that's Linux space. So we're not really dealing a lot. You're not using SharePoint or something like that. No, I mean, at the most we have exchange for our email and whatever, everything connects to that. And if they want to charge us for connecting to that, that's fine. But you got those other companies that's using stuff like SharePoint and whatnot. And, and, 
and sky drives and, and what is it hyper v mike hyper v part of yeah, hyper v server yeah. you know it, it's yeah. it's those people are going to get some some extra dings in the wallet you know yeah. y'all think that's fair do you think that's smart from from microsoft standpoint or what do y'all think on that well i, I you know I think it's part of a Microsoft strategy to push us to their cloud offerings. Uh, the the subscription services that they're selling now to three, Office 365 are really reasonably priced. They've come down in price a lot in the last year. And when a company signs a user up for Office 365 services, you can install the whole suite of uh, Microsoft products. Each user can install it on up to five devices, which means I can install the full suite of Office, for example, on my my computer at work, my iPad, my computer at home, my smartphone, and I got one left over. All right. And so you just install Office on your smartphone. Well, I don't know, Larry, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> what the hell. <laughs> that one X can handle it. <laughs> no, but I think in general, like Microsoft wants to do subscriptions and not sell DVDs anymore. Don't you guys think? Yes. Monthly. Uh, well, I noticed that with my Windows 8 upgrade. You know, it 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 was. I believe they charged you more to send the DVD out, and it's like, look, we don't want to fool with this DVD. We got to pay for the shipping, pay for the the the, the actual um, digital media itself. Didn't yeah, they learn from see. Netflix? I mean, come on, streaming yeah, just, only. Let us just send you a file, download it. We'll yeah. we'll charge a PayPal account or whatever here. We'll save you a couple bucks. Which is interesting because what does that remind you of? It reminds me of OTA updates for our mobile devices. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You don't get a disc for your, you know, I mean, obviously I would be stupid, but it's yeah. the same, same concept. Yeah, and all the Google stuff works that way. And that's why I was going to mention, Larry, is this going to push some places more towards the open source spectrum? or? I. My guess is that micro you guys are the enterprise guys, but Microsoft is so ensconced we're there ensconced it's hard to see I mean how like many, replacing for how many a whole been waiting for open office to push off <clears throat> or just going through if is this going to be the final straw that makes a certain business go through and wipe all of their windows laptops and give everyone Chromebooks and say we're moving to this now? You know, Matt, I think it's more like the Verizon wireless syndrome. Okay. You know, Verizon, <laughs> Verizon is, is one of the most expensive carriers out there, but they can get away with doing that because of their services. Right. And in some <laughs> regions, they are the only services. Yeah. I mean, so, and Microsoft knows, look, we, we got a lock on this enterprise game. You know, and we're trying to step it up. But I don't know though, because didn't and, didn't know. BlackBerry think the same thing? And now look, that didn't work out so hot for them. I'm not saying that Microsoft's going to follow in in rim steps, but that okay, was well. Let's, well let's look at that, Matt. You got Microsoft with Steve Ballmer, and you got Rim with two drunk CEOs. <laughs> <laughs> Three enter, probably yeah. none leave. And Microsoft is much more. Entwined in the company, right, right. Yeah. Um, 
And there's still, I mean, you guys, you're talking about Google uh, Chromebooks and stuff. I mean, I couldn't live in a Chromebook. And a lot of people, I, I mean, you know, none of you guys could. But I'll bet not a lot of the people in your enterprises couldn't either. They need real Excel spreadsheets. They need My enterprise real could not, PowerPoint. Huh? My enterprise could not work on a Chromebook. I, that yeah. I do know. Totally. Yeah. You know, I want a Chromebook, but it's not. It wouldn't be as productive for me to deal with some of the enterprise stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I think. Uh, if your enterprise is set up all running Unix Linux systems, I think it could be because all you need is that one SSH client to get you into another terminal and your command line the whole rest of the way. For doing well, that talk, particular, you're not describing a mainstream enterprise. Well, well enterprises. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting story there, Matt. Because we did want to go VDI, virtual desktop, in um, uh-huh. virtual desktop terminals for everybody. But did you do you know that there's a whole lot of cost in that? Yeah, you know, we had a, a special program made for us at the, the water store I work at, and that's what they have a server, and then all of the cashier things connect to that thing, and they're just little terminals that you SSH, yeah. I mean, you just log into. And now we're we moving everything from that to QuickBooks, and I'm having to do all this by hand, and it's, yeah, it's a mess for sure. I mean, we thought about it, and we've thought about it for a good year now, and I, I me personally, I don't think that the ROI is going to be good enough for it, and we probably won't do it. Um, but also think about how long Excel has been out compared to how long GDocs has had spreadsheet support and all that. It it could get a lot more close to where Excel is eventually. I would love to see GDocs to catch up. I mean, not that I'm an Excel pro or anything, but everybody – okay, for example, my accounting department, when I try to show them – gdocs and show them the excel template in gdocs they just sort of wig out because they're used to having their pivot charts and pivot tables and these macros and that macro well yeah it's like setting like up a new you don't greek to me you know <laughs> you don't get a new phone out of the box and like use it the way i mean you got to set your stuff up you know it's yeah, it's a no, different it's not just setting it up i mean you need a lot of bandwidth to support a big full feature like, you can't compare all the crap you can do with Word to what you can do with Google Docs. No. Or, or the, the, what do you call it, their but, presentation. But thing. a I, lot of I that mean, stuff is super specialized. And how many of your normal users are using a lot of that junk? You know, it, it all depends what the use is, I think. Hey, I, I got to speak up for the accounting people because, uh, Ant, I understand when when you tell an accounting person that they're going to take away, you're going to take away their Excel, they're going to wig out. Oh heck yeah. yeah! I mean, they are going to totally wig Axes and, and 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 baseball bats and everything. They're not having it. <laughs> it's office space all over it. again. They're going to build yeah. barricades, man. <laughs> you damn accountants, <laughs> messing with my money. All right, well that that's interesting. It will be interesting to see how it all plays out because it's it's almost like we're seeing Google with their mobile stuff trying to get more desktop oriented and we're seeing Microsoft with all their desktop stuff trying to get more mobile and eventually they're going to meet in the middle sue the shit out of each other and then we'll have there you whatever go. Yep. So, that's what's going to happen right. I'm not beeping <laughs> out any of those there's a lot of, of interesting words. stuff going on in technology these days yep it's a good time to have yats <laughs> right. I'll tell you one thing if the whole world had what, what Google's offering in Kansas City that would change the equation radically oh absolutely then you could have full Excel um, coming over Google Docs every time you open up a spreadsheet. Yeah. yeah. And that's a different future. Yeah. 
That's my number one reason for moving to Kansas. Yeah, really. Everything. So <laughs> I'm, I'm like torn between legalized weed in Washington or fiber in Kansas City. I'm like, ah, just kind of stay yeah. here halfway in yeah, between. Kansas City legalizes weed. I know. They're like, I'm there. <laughs> Google, get on it. Dark fiber, weed yeah, legalization. Really. Those are your two goals for this year. Okay, Google, thanks. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's for us. Uh, episode 35 of Yats, yet another tech show.com. Email us where, Ant? I do this to Eric all the time. He hates it. The crew at yet another tech show.com. Absolutely. And leave us a message, 406-204-4687, if you'd like. We got a playlist with all of the previous hangouts, so you can see me not sit still in my chair and see Ant laugh and all that good stuff. It's fun. Or just Except listen. Except for last week when it crashed about 30 minutes in. So yeah, it hasn't crashed tonight, but usually when it does that, it recovers well. That time, it did not. Not graceful yeah. at all. <laughs> this is like what we like to call a dirty reboot, and it did not reconnect our network drives. So, All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you're subscribed, write us reviews, and iTunes. We appreciate all that stuff. And we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Good night, guys. Thank Good you. Night, everyone. See you. <laughs>